Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Well, hello and welcome to episode 78 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. Michaela, welcome back to the real world. Vacation time is over. Uh, you know, movie time is not over, but uh, vacation time is over. We had a very movie-centric week, you and I and your husband and your kiddo. Uh, it was pretty amazing, but uh, let, let's take let's take the vacation, break it down a little bit. What were your favorite kind of movie bits of it? Because, you know, we went to Universal Studios, we went and did some Disney stuff. Uh, a lot of a lot of movie stuff. So what were your favorite kind of movie highlights of the week? So I honestly, one of the things that I loved about Universal was they did try to still have some homage and paid honor to a lot of older films that they don't have rides for anymore. And I don't mm-hmm. know why Universal, if you're listening, bring back the DeLorean ride. That was amazing. However, one ride they have had. Uh, for years and I had never ridden it and that was the E.T. ride based Mm, on the mm -hmm. movie E.T. and if you've not seen E.T. then you need to stop what you're doing right now and go do it because it's amazing and the ride actually made me weepy because of how great it was and how Mm. it takes you right back to the most cool moment in the movie where you go flying through the air on a bicycle and with a little alien in your front pack. And if you, if that doesn't sound amazing, then the show's not for you go away, but it (laughs) it totally is awesome. That was, that was probably my favorite moment of the day when Mm -hmm. we were at uh, universal in general. Yes, that was, that was that was a that was a very cool moment because yeah, ET is amazing and the ride is really good. Um, it's a little insane um, when you get to ET's planet. Uh, no spoilers here, but uh, just ride it if you're ever at uh, Universal Studios. Make sure you uh, take in the ET ride. Um, of course, we did the Harry Potter stuff, and then you know the big highlight obviously was we went on the Galactic Star Cruiser, which is the Star Wars experience. That was incredible. Um, it was amazing. Uh, you and I were both trying to, you know, kind of be spoiler free going into it. So we were uh, pretty surprised and pretty blown away with uh, all the things that we saw and got to do and the fun that we got to have uh, was was pretty great. And that was uh, amazing highlight bucket list sort of thing. And uh, yeah, very happy to have done it and happy to have drank all of those drinks. So keep an eye on this feed here and we will uh, make sure to let you know all the drinks that we had and, uh, you know, how we would try to maybe recreate those and uh, some highlights there for sure. But Michaela, we have another highlight. This highlight comes from 1984. It is a film that has, you know, won the hearts and minds and gemstones of an entire generation. We're going to be talking about it. So why don't we take a quick break and we'll be right back to whip up this week's cocktail and, uh, and get into our movie. So this week's cocktail is the grasshopper which is the perfect cocktail for reading romance novels written by Joan Wilder or talking to your book publisher about all these very 80s-esque looking guys that are at this bar that all Mm -hmm. look gross. Um, Or if you need some extra incentive to board a flight to Columbia to help rescue your sister from some crazy people looking for some treasure that her husband somehow found a map to. Grasshopper is good for all of those things, Brian. Grasshopper is good for all of those things. It might not be good for going to the jungle of Columbia because that looks very hot. 
Um, this drink is not a good yeah. hot weather drink. I don't think no. um, it is a really good, like a dessert drink or uh, maybe something before dinner or spinning into some ice cream. Uh, it's hard to say, but it is delicious. It is the grasshopper. It is a classic. And that's what, yeah, Joan Wilder and her um, book publisher were uh, drinking at their little lunch. So we thought we should probably whip one of these up because that sounds delicious. And grasshopper is a cute little insect. Uh, what could go wrong? <laughs> Well, indeed, what could go wrong? If you like peppermint or mint in general, this is for you. And it's pretty easy to make. It's only a couple ingredients, three to be exact. Mm -hmm. It takes one ounce of creme de menthe, one ounce of white creme de cacao or cocoa, however you want to say it. I say cacao and two ounces of heavy cream. And what you're going to do is you're going to put all that in a glass. And then if you would like to garnish it with some nutmeg, you can. Uh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Just put it in your shaker tin, shake it with some ice and strain it into your uh, martini glass or, you know, whatever kind of glass you want to do. And uh, it's very delicious. It's like a mint chocolate chip uh, milkshake. And it's it's very good. You can play with those amounts if you like more mint or less mint or more chocolate or less chocolate. You could uh, definitely kind of play around with those ratios. But yeah, we just took the classic one off of uh, liquor.com and uh, came up with this. And you were concerned about this, Michaela, because I just found this out about you. So everyone else out there should find this out about you is you don't love mint. You like fresh mint, but not, but maybe not, uh, you know, fl mint flavored things. So you were, you were a little uh, skeptical. You're a little concerned of how this was going to be, but then it was a uh, milkshakey deliciousness. Yeah, it really was. Concoction, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really was, yeah. I, I'm not a huge mint person. I think, in all honesty, I was worried that we were going to make the one that's in the movie, which is this really beautiful emerald green color. And that just mm -hmm. looks super, super syrupy, minty to me. And that that doesn't sound appetizing at all. But what we made, uh, because we used really nice creme de menthe, um, mm -hmm. it's, it didn't have any food coloring in it at all. So it, it was basically just a complete white, uh, very snowy, like a snow, snow mint drink. Mm -hmm. And it was, and it, so it, it was quite delicious. Now the cream de cacao we had made, uh, previously. And so we used that, but you could get that anywhere, uh, at a liquor store. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but I do recommend going ahead and splurging on the nice, uh, more, more expensive creme de menthe rather than, uh, the, the cheap green stuff. Cause I think that that added, uh, maybe less sweetness, but more of the mint. And I do actually like fresh mint. So as a little, a uh, little cleaner tasting maybe. And, and not to say yeah. that the one we used, which I think was, uh, Dr. McGillicuddy's, uh, uh, like creme de menthol or something like that. Um, you know, it's still not very expensive. So if you happen to be a person that likes to put like cream in your coffee, these are two cheap, uh, liquors you could keep in your liquor cabinet and have this for a nice little fancy twist on like an after dinner kind of a cocktail or, or something like that. I think that's a good way to go, but yeah, this was, this was delicious. It was fun to have, and it was fun to have while we watched this week's film. So why don't we take a quick break and we will be right back to talk about romancing the stone. Spoiler warning for romancing the stone. I love spoiler warnings because I always feel like I sound like Kathleen Turner with mm -hmm. my heavy voice, right? This is my moment. Yes. Um, but if you've not seen, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you haven't seen Romancing the Stone uh, with Kathleen Turner and Mike, Michael Douglas. So you should stop this now, go watch it because it's actually kind of fun um, and drink a grasshopper, make one up, come back and we should chat about it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So if you've not seen it, you've had uh, uh, plenty of years to get it in. It was released in 1984. It was directed by Robert Zemeckis. And yeah, as Michaela, aka Kathleen Turner said, uh, it stars herself as the romance novelist Joan Wilder. And Michael Douglas is playing Jack Colton, who's kind of this uh, this swashbuckling uh, mercenary type of a guy who's going to help get us in and out of trouble as we go through the story. Um, it also stars uh, Danny DeVito as one of the uh, criminal <laughs> quote unquote masterminds of this thing. Uh, very, very much a, a bumbling mastermind to be sure. And this was nominated for an Academy Award, Michaela. Uh, it was nominated for fi- Best Film Editing. Uh, did not win. Uh, the Killing Fields won that year. Uh, Amadeus almost also came out this year and that won like eight Oscars, I think. So uh, some pretty heavy hitters. So uh, I think probably a, a pretty good honor to be nominated in this field. Yeah, uh, had yeah. had some really good films out that year. It did. I mean, and this is one of them. I don't know why. You know, it, you would you would be surprised that I would pick that this film <laughs> that I would pick a film that's not nominated for something. All that's the films right. that I pick are amazing for that, one reason that, or another. That's right. That's right. Um, they are all amazing, and this one's amazing. And uh, since it was 1984, this has sex, this has violence, it has blood, it has uh, murder, it has bad language, and it is rated PG for everyone out there to uh, watch. Now, uh, fun fact: 1984 uh, was the last year for uh, the just PG rating. PG-13 was uh, came about the following year, uh, 1985, and part of the reason for that was in 1984 you had like this film came out, Gremlins came out, uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom came out, which oh. were all you know much more like mature themed you know not quite r-rated films but definitely heavier than you know your uh disney animated pg films so yeah we didn't uh, see full frontal nudity or anything but in really yeah in temple so, of doom you see like snakes and monkey heads and a dude eating another heart or something yeah oh. that's right that's yeah pulling hearts out of chess and actually uh steven spielberg was the one who was like you know we probably should have something you know kind of in between and that was kind of what's you know, spawned the PG-13 rating that uh, we know and love today. So so thanks to that. But yeah, 1984 uh, PG. So, you know, uh, take that as you will for this rating. But we're getting into the film, Michaela, and it starts where, um, I don't know, in like some some cabin out in the prairie. There's a lady there. There is a guy there. Uh, you know, not a very nice guy. He's trying to rob her and do all sorts of salacious things that, uh, you know, should not be happening at all. But there is a man who comes across the ridge to, to rescue this damsel in distress. And we find out that this is kind of like a, a vision that Joan Wilder is having about her latest romance novel. Joan Wilder writes romance novels and it's pretty good at it. Yeah, she's very good at it. She's so good at it. She lives in an apartment that doesn't have a doorman, but whatever in New York in 1984. But that's okay. That's okay. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to suspend a little bit of disbelief, but she is like an award-winning romance novelist. And she writes these um, novels all based on this character that she calls Jesse, right? And he's got Mm -hmm. this kind of Indiana Jones hat. You know, he's got... um, he rides a horse. He can do all these things. He's not afraid. But, you know, the women in the novels that she writes are also not afraid. They're like not timid and shy. And she's she's not that way. She's very, you know, soft spoken. I mean, and she's not dating anybody. She's a single woman. She loves her cat. Um, and when she finishes writing this novel, she's bawling her eyes out on the typewriter because it's 1984 and they don't have word processors yet. But then she's like, oh, let's celebrate. And she 
you know, gets real tuna for her cat and she mm-hmm. drinks like one, one of the little um, liquor bottles full of, it looks like Grand Meunier, but I don't really know what it is, but it's like mm-hmm. a little baby liquor bottle. And she throws her glass in the fireplace along with her cat's dish when he's done with it. And that is how she celebrates finishing uh, a multi-million dollar novel. That's right. That that's right. Written. And I think that's why you like this because Kathleen uh, Turner, uh, AKA Joan Wilder is a lady after your own heart because she drinks a lot of drinks in this movie. Uh, she has this very can do sort of attitude, loves romance. Uh, it's all your favorite things, Michaela. So I think that's, I think that's the the real crux yeah, of, of uh, why we're getting into this, but yeah, absolutely. she's just, she's just finished this book. She goes out to have lunch with her uh, publisher who is awesome. Uh, it is uh, her name is Gloria. She's played by Holland Taylor, who is fantastic. Uh, they're there. They're drinking. They're grasshoppers. They're talking about men. And, you know, she's saying, hey, Joan Wilder, you can write all of these good romance books. You need to get your own romance going. Stop staying in your apartment with your cat all the time. Get out there. <laughs> see the world. Uh, meet some guys. Have some fun. Uh, you know, take some advice from your from your good friend Gloria here. Yeah. But she's like, no, none of them are, none of these bohos at the bar look anything like what she's got in her head, right? There, I mean, there's one in particular, he's got like total 80s hair. He's like winking at her. It's gross. It's just not, not, not good. Did that really work? I don't know. I have to ask somebody who was actually alive and and coherent in 1984 because I was a baby. But um, yeah, well, you know, Jones, yeah, her, her publisher is just worried about her. But, you know, they also have a conversation at the bar about uh, Joan's sister. Joan's sister mm-hmm. is uh, in Columbia and is was married uh, to a man. And we don't know much about him other than he's dead. Um, he disappeared. Yes. And they, I don't know, Joan's sister ended up getting like a piece of him in the mail. So they don't know what's happened, but it's really awful. And so Joan is just very concerned about how her sister's handling things and so you kind of think that maybe some something else is going on. And mm-hmm. when Joan gets back to her apartment with her cat, she sees that she has received some sort of package from Columbia. And that's really odd. And she doesn't open it right away. She goes inside and, you know, is finding uh, her cat, which she has named Romeo. And he, he's very cute. And she's uh, going to feed him probably some more tuna. Uh, I don't know. But she gets a phone call from her sister. And her sister is, uh, has been kidnapped by these people that are looking for a package. They're looking for something. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she says, hey, did, did Robert, I think his name was Robert, did my husband send you anything? And she's like, oh my gosh, I got this package just now. The timing is impeccable. It's a little too. So it's, little too- it's very convenient. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And uh, she says, hey, uh, Joni, sissy, you know, they're going to hurt me. They're going to, they, they've, you know, they're like scaring her with a knife. And they're like, she's like, I need you to get to Columbia and give over that map. Yeah, that's and right. Joan, uh, yeah, jo- Joan, uh, she's like, I can't go to Columbia. What are you talking about? Now, if you suspend a little bit of disbelief, right? Because this is a girl who says that she's never been anywhere or done anything, but apparently she has a passport and she's had all her shots and she can get a visa to Colombia, which is in the eighties. I don't know how hard that was to do. It was right at the height of all the cocaine that I think was coming out of there. I don't know, but she somehow willed herself to get on a plane and then a bus and then a plane and then another bus and then another plane to land in 
land <laughs> in wherever she was going, where, wherever this place is in Colombia. But she has to get on this mountain trail bus thing to get to Cartagena, mm-hmm. which, yeah. um, and she doesn't speak the language. She doesn't take any books with her to learn the language. So she's just relying on the goodness of other people to speak her language <laughs> in their country. I love it. Yeah, that's right. So, so she gets the she gets this package, this mysterious phone call. She is on her way to Colombia. Uh, she gets there. She doesn't know where she's going. Um, but bad news when she gets there. Uh, what what's his name? He's like the he's like the police captain. His name is Zolo, something like that. He knows that she has this map. He's going to try to uh, get the map from her too. So now you have you have these bad guys who kidnapped her sister, wanting the map. You have this uh, Zolo police captain, army captain, whatever he was, captain of something, uh, also wanted the map. He tells her to get her on the wrong bus. That goes bad uh, because that bus gets into an accident she's left stranded there zolo's like uh you know give me the stuff he starts shooting at her uh but luckily we have another another uh handsome strapping gentleman come over the ridge uh he's going to start shooting back and he saves the day and it's none other than jack colton played by michael douglas he is there he is very sad because the car that they ran into had all these exotic birds he was trying to get he was he was real upset about that uh but it's going to be okay because joan wilder can pay jack colton to get her out of Colombia or to get her to her sister in Colombia. At least to get her to Cartagena, right? Yeah, exactly. She's got some traveler's checks, you know, because those were a thing back. If you don't know what traveler's checks are, look them up. I don't have time to explain it. But um, she has some traveler's checks that she's going to bribe him with. And at first he's like, ma'am, I'm not helping you. Like I got, he he has this really cool um, picture that he's get. he keeps folded up in his back pocket of this boat that he wants. He's like, I just want... You know, I just want to sail out on this boat and he does these quick, quick get rich deals to try and pay for this boat. And he's really mad because all the birds are gone. <laughs> They've all flown somewhere. Um, although in the accident, you don't I don't know how many of them actually made it out of the car, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but he decides to help her. And so it becomes this really fun adventure in the jungle of Colombia. They go through like a mudslide they are being chased by the kidnappers and this police chief, Captain Zolo. Um, there's a great scene where they end up kind of swinging from a vine over this ravine. And um, it's that part's kind of fun, but they, they meet each other and they get to know each other a little bit. She thinks that he's kind of a scoundrel and he thinks that she's really kind of uptight. And then they find an old abandoned plane. Yeah, that's right. They uh, they're going through the jungle. They are they're trying to make their way to Cartagena. They find this this plane that had wrecked. Uh, they get on there. It's storming, you know, in Colombia as it does in the uh, in the rainforest there, I guess. Um, so they're trying to get in, trying to get dried off, trying to warm up. Um, and this plane is like a big cargo plane, and it's carrying like. 10 million pounds of marijuana in there. So what do you do? Uh, you use that as your fuel source for your fire. So this thing is filled to the brim with uh, like pot smoke. They find a bottle of Jose Cuervo. They're drinking that and they're they're having a chat, you know? So uh, Jack Colton's like, I'm a good guy. I'm just trying to help you. You know, I'm, I'm doing it for the money, but you know, I'm not gonna, not gonna betray you. And Joan Wilder's like, you're a selfish guy. No guy is as good as the guy I have in my head. Uh, and, and they're kind of having this, having this back and forth, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's basically like a bonding time. They're getting to get high and get drunk and, uh, you know, kind of, kind of have it out at each other and, you know, just feeling each other out a little bit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Cause he, he's, 
doesn't know who she is. I mean, he's never heard of her or anything like that. There's a great scene where they're running for it. They're, they found this teeny tiny village and they go and ask uh, someone. They said, hey, we need a car to get to Cartagena. Can we buy it? Can we rent it? And they're like, oh, there's only one person in this village that has a car. And so they go to him. And of course, he at first wants to kill them. Um, he's very threatened by them. And then he realizes it's Joan Wilder and it's his favorite. It's his favorite novelist of all time. And then mm-hmm. he opens what I love. Okay. Is it looks like he lives in a shack. Okay. You don't see a car, but you see like a shack. And then he opens up this gate and behind the gate, it's like a mansion with like three pools. But it, he knows it, it that is, area. It really is like well. a cartel TARDIS. Yes. It, yes. Kind of like that. it's bigger on the inside and there's a lot of drugs. Um, but he knows that area really well. So he does help them get to where they need to be um, mm. with Zolo and the, those other kidnappers uh, on, uh, on on their feet, you know, following them. Um, but they do get separated. They end up jumping over this big waterfall and they both survive, uh, which is crazy because it's a really big waterfall. I don't know who did the stunts, Um for this, but I actually give kudos to them because whoever look, I mean, maybe, maybe Kathleen Turner did her own stunts. Cause I know that she was like a gymnast queen at one point. She was oh. like, uh, I, like an Olympian gymnast. Um, so maybe she did some of this stuff herself. If she did kudos to her, kudos to whoever did it. Cause it looks amazing. And it looks like it's really her. It's awesome. Um, but they end up down this waterfall. They're on the opposite sides of this big river and they can't really make it across. And, She's like, oh, you you planned this, so now you can take my five hundred dollars or four hundred dollars in traveler's checks and make a run for it in the middle of the of the jungle. And he's like, hey, Cartagena is like two miles east. Just head that way. I'll meet you there. Um, and she doesn't believe that he will, uh, but then he does. And not only does he, but he sorts out a room and he gets her some clothes, and they kind of have a night out together. Yeah, so they head they head back into this uh, into this village. They have their they have kind of their night together, and they say, uh, you know, maybe we should get we should go and get this gemstone. That way, when we go and meet your sister, we'll have all the cards, right? You know, it won't just be the map that we'll have. We'll actually have this have this stone. So, uh, you know, uh, Joan Wilder's like, uh, I don't know. I think maybe I think maybe you're you're trying to pull one over on me, Jack Colton. But as they're you know making their making their flee. Uh, from this town, right, with their with her uh, number one fan, uh, they see a marker about the uh, about where this uh, you know th- this thing on the treasure map. So they decide that they're going to go do that. And then yeah, they go over this waterfall, they go into this cave, uh, they find this little like porcelain rabbit like down in this big mud pit. They break it open, and there is the jewel. It is the the stone uh, that he is trying to romance from her. And yeah, they get they get split up, but they are close to Cartagena, so. Uh, what do you do? You go your separate ways. She doesn't trust him, but he is going to uh, prove his worth because, yeah, at the uh, very end of this thing, he shows back up to to save the day, uh, kind of because it's going to be all chaos when they get there and they're trying to make this switch because you have the you have the uh, bad, the thief, kidnapper people there. You have the police, uh, army people there, and and then you have uh, Jack and Joan there, her sister, uh, and everyone's coming to a head. Everyone wants this gem. Everyone wants the map. Who has what? Who can trust who? I don't know. There's some there's some alligators in there that get involved. It, it becomes kind of messy. 
Yes, that's right. That's right. So yeah, yeah, so they have they have this they have this whole big fight. Um, it's 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 very comical. Um, and kind of kind of kind of creepy because yeah, there's these alligators. People are like falling into pits of alligators and getting eaten. Uh, uh, Captain Zolo gets his like whole arm like literally bitten off. He's got like a bloody stump there. Um, and unfortunately for everyone, uh, he had picked up the gemstone the uh you know by then so now this thing is inside of an alligator so jack colton's going to go in pursuit of this alligator he's trying to like pull it up like onto this like <laughs> onto like the bank of the thing yeah, over and, this castle uh, wall looking thing yeah. and joan wilder is is getting attacked and he has to decide if he wants to if he wants the gemstone or if he wants to go and save this woman that he just met uh that he's you know fastly falling in love with it is a, a whole kerfuffle as they say it is but he makes the right choice. I mean, we all think he makes the right choice, right? Um, and he lets the tail of the alligator go. Don't shake your head. He totally makes the right choice. He chooses love. And he runs to Joan's defense. And he does uh, end up helping helping her and getting uh, Zolo, throwing him, I guess she throws him in the water and he gets eaten alive. And, uh, and you know, this is all peachy, which is just, wow. Uh, I didn't realize that. And, um, and then he's like, I got to go. Uh, because the authorities are going to want me. Uh, he, he's kind of a nefarious guy, this Jack Colton, right? Like he's not allowed mm-hmm. back in the United States, something about the statute of limitations, something. But he does give her a big kiss and he says, you're going to be just fine. You're going to be okay. You were always going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then he just kind of disappears and she is just um, overwhelmed with... <laughs> sadness right but she she goes back to her life in new york city her sister is now safe um she doesn't have any any sort of jewel because that's in the belly of some some alligator but that's okay she has a whole new novel uh so and gloria her publisher super happy yeah, it was the uh, it was the fastest novel she had ever written. Uh, her publisher is very happy about that. The story is great. Um, her publishing friend says, "Ah, oh, that even that even made me cry." And I don't have, I don't ever cry about anything. Uh, so it's it's pretty good. And we see her walking down the street carrying her groceries. Joan Wilder. She is on her way back to her apartment. And what does she find when she gets to her street? The world's most giant sailboat uh, just parked in the middle of this uh, New York street, which is not the most convenient way to move a boat through New York, I would guess. But who's on board of this boat? It is none other than Jack Colton wearing his fancy new alligator leather shoes. Uh, and he has has this boat courtesy of the money he got selling selling that jewel because he tracked that alligator down. Uh, you know, he got his love. He got the alligator, uh, he got his jewel, and he got to fulfill his dream of getting the sailboat to sail around the world, and he's there to pick up Joan Wilder. She climbs on board, and they sail off down down the street. <laughs> down, down Fifth Avenue. <laughs> That's Park right. Avenue, wherever the heck she was, uh, she was living in New York City. Yeah, yeah, it's... It's a it's a great story. Um, and of course, the boat is named Angelina after the heroine of jo- Joan Wilder's novels, um, mm-hmm. which is weird because it's a romance novel. And there's I guess there's multiple. Angelina has a lot of different romances. I don't really know how it works, but it's really sweet because he's named uh, he's named his boat after uh, basically the heroine of his love. So that's that's fun. Yeah, uh, and that's, that's kind of how it ends. She, and that's how it ends. She does not go and get her cat that she likes to take on the boat. Um, you know, just just leaves that. She like literally drops her groceries just on the ground to, to leave. You might might <laughs> maybe does. take those on the boat. Maybe maybe I don't know. Snack yeah. while you're while you're uh, sailing while around. you're but looking yeah, for that, water because you're that gonna, it, that, you're gonna <laughs> need that. 
That's right. Yeah. That is that is it. That is romancing the stone. It is um, just a, a you know a crazy little little wild romp, right? It kind of sets a story up, and then it just lets them go kind of on these little little misadventures until uh, they get the stone back, and ultimately you know get her sister back from the kidnappers, and uh, you know everything works out in the end. The true love prevails, and that is always great. So, romancing the stone, Michaela, 1984. Uh, we would have been too young to see this then. When did you see romancing the stone? You know. That's a great question. I probably saw it in the 90s. Um, for whatever reason, Kathleen Turner always kind of reminds me of my mom, mm-hmm. um, especially, and we talked about this in the other Kathleen Turner movie we covered, Peggy Sue Got Married. Um, there's a moment where she kind of breathes through her nose. She she breathes through her nose and her mouth at the same time when she gets really excited. And mm-hmm. she does this weird, no, it's not weird. It's, it's actually quite genius. Um, when she says things like, what is going on? The way she says it is just like my mom. So um, anytime I'm missing my mom, uh, I, I will pop a, uh, a Kathleen Turner movie in. Uh, and this one's really fun because I do think that the chemistry between Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner is pretty great. They went on to make mm-hmm. two other films together. They made the sequel to this, which is The Jewel of the Nile, which a lot of people thought is, I think is actually better than Romancing the Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if I agree. Um, but then they did War of the Roses in 1989, also with Danny DeVito. And um, and that's really interesting because in that one, they're in a relationship that uh, end up, it's a marriage that ends horribly and disastrously in trying to get a divorce. So that's that's mm-hmm. kind of interesting the way that works. But I probably saw it in the mid 90s. And mm-hmm. I like the adventure, the, like the, the kind of vignettes of adventure in it. You know, it's not that it's not a great, you know, esoteric paradigm shifting story by any stretch, but uh, it's very it's a lot more it's romantic, like a romance novel, but it's got a lot more activity in it than just falling in love. Right. So that's kind of fun. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I probably would have seen it probably about then too. I guess um, you know, kind of, kind of early '90s ish. Probably either uh, got this as a, a rental or watch it on TV or something as like a like a you know Sunday like movie of the week kind of thing that we used to have back in the day when people um, had uh, television in that way. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of fun. It's uh, you know, it's 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 mostly it's pretty lighthearted. Um, you know, even though it's dealing with like uh, drug cartels and uh, kidnapped sisters, like like the the content of the of the story itself is is relatively lighthearted and and that's kind of fun and and yeah they do have really good chemistry which is which is nice and it's always fun uh, when you get uh, stars together and they do that and it's directed by Robert Zemeckis who uh, is an excellent director uh, Back to the Future of course uh, Forrest Gump of course um, you know so all of these all of these uh, magical movie moments uh, brought to us by uh, Robert Zemeckis so that is pretty cool too and it introduced us to the grasshopper which i don't think either of us had had until the other day when we had this watching the film i had not and i have a really good friend who loves mint so it gives me something else to uh, show her and serve her when she's at my house which is great another thing that i thought was um is worth noting is this is um also has uh, alan silvestri as the uh composer uh mm. for the score and I love Alan Silvestri. He doesn't get, we haven't talked about him a lot because we do a lot more of John Williams. And um, mm-hmm. and I think we've talked a lot about James Horner as well, but Alan Silvestri has done some really, really cool uh, scores. He did the score with Robert Zemeckis for Back to the Future. Um, and the one thing that I think is interesting is I, I think Romancing the Stone, now the, the main song is almost... Mm-hmm 
more popular now because it's used for a lot of adventure sequences um mm-hmm. and now rather than the the show itself because it is now gosh almost as old as us so yeah, yeah that's a that, lot of people haven't seen this one yeah that that's true yeah we don't talk about alan Silvestri enough he's done um he did like the score for forrest gump he did the polar express um both of those got a oscar noms i know and he's done a lot of the marvel films um, the scoring for those, some of the, the Captain America and Avengers films. So, um, yeah. so yeah, so, so pretty good all in all, you know, it's not a great film, but it's definitely a fun one. So if, if you've watched it before, uh, maybe it's worth a revisit, or if you're just looking for, you know, something in the back catalog of film history to go watch and have a good time with, you can just kind of put on and go on an adventure. Romancing the stone is a good option. And if you're going to do that, make sure you make up yourself a grasshopper. And when you do that, take a picture of it. Send it to us because we want to see it because the drink is pretty and it's fun. It's delicious. We want to know what you think about it. So tag us in those pictures on Instagram and Twitter. It's at drink the movies and on Facebook.com slash drink the movies. Uh, if you want to see the picture of the grasshopper that we made or get that recipe or uh, episode recap or any of our other recipes, go do that on our website, which is www.drinkthemovies.com. Um, and, you know, if you're going out and you're finding gems, you're going on adventures, another really fun adventure to go on would be to go onto uh, iTunes or Spotify and leave us a five-star review. That is the best adventure someone can go on, I think. Yes, absolutely. Because we have 78 adventures to go on. You, If you started today, you, it'd be a while before you went through them all. So you should do that. You should leave us a five-star review. We do two drops a week. We have our lobby bar on Tuesdays. We have our deeper dives on Thursdays. We'd love to bring you into the Drink the Movies family because... We love movies and cocktails. We want to spread the movie and cocktail love everywhere. Uh, that's right. Absolutely. So uh, thanks for going on this adventure with us. But Michaela, I think, you know, I, I think I'm tired of adventures. I'm tired of being in the, you know, the the rainforest. I'm tired of getting wet. I'm tired of getting muddy. I'm tired of being shot at. Um, I'm tired of, you know, people trying to swindle me out of my gems that I find on this map I randomly get on the same day that my sister gets kidnapped. You know, so we should we should probably uh, we go should mix stop. up a cocktail okay. and, and stop doing it. Yeah. All right. Well, next time I promise there will be uh, no jungle. There will be there will be a lot less. Well, there's probably still going to be water and we're probably still going to get shot at. But that's for another movie. That's right. That is another movie for another time. And we'll talk to everyone about it next time on Drink, Drink the, movies. the Movies. Romancing the Stone right from under